0: Welcome to Empires of Dirt and Grace, a liturgy for Lent, a special short edition of our Lenten liturgy podcast entitled The Lenten Check-In. What follows is going to be a short mid-Lent reflection, uh, a process of meditation, as well as an introduction to a brief prayer exercise called The Daily Examine as well as just a little bit of reflection from several of you within our community about how Lent is going. We thought this brief, short podcast liturgy check-in would be helpful in the middle of Lent because of how hard Lent is as a long journey of fasting. So please enjoy, and I hope it gives you encouragement to finish strong. A short meditation on Lent and how hard Lent is, entitled The Hard Work of the Middle, written by Chris Kamolski I naively registered this past December for my first Two Oceans 21-kilometer half marathon with the initial aim of running with my wife as she trained for her second Two Oceans, an idealistic gesture from a loving husband. Before we even started training and were simply trying to stave off the inevitable December holiday weight gain, my wife kindly pointed out that I would never make it through eight weeks of hard training if I were not also running for myself, a personal goal that I wished to attain, somewhat offended that my loving naivete was being exposed, I initially resisted. And then I began to train, running with consistency and purpose for the first time since my early teenage days over 20 years ago. Almost immediately, several realities became crystal clear. Number one, training for a half marathon is no joke, especially in under three months. Number two, Training for a half marathon with a two-year-old child is exponentially harder and requires negotiation of schedules and compromise of training that I never thought problematic before. Parentheses. The amount of times Maxie has run after a full day of work in the full heat of a summer's afternoon, a raging southeast wind pushing back against her progress is admirable and reveals more about her character and selflessness than I ever thought possible. Man, I love her. Number three, training for a half marathon for someone else's behalf simply does not work. I have had to choose to do the hard work myself and for myself to even make it to week six of training. This isn't self-serving. Rather, it is how transformation happens. Actionable, hard, unseen choices that are motivated by a mixture of selfless idealism and individual self-care. We do not change by intending to change. We change only, actually, by choosing to change, and then making that choice become real by the sweat of our brow. Hard work is the means by which transformation of character often takes place. Our hearts aligned in purpose with the transforming presence of the Holy Spirit, the true agent of change. One of my favorite writers, Donald Miller, memorably describes this process as, quote, the hard work of the middle, observing the following. This excerpt is taken from Donald Miller's incredible book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Quote, it's like this when you live a story. The first part happens fast. You throw yourself into the narrative and you're finally out in the water. The shore is pushing off behind you and the trees are getting smaller. The distant shore doesn't seem so far. And you can feel the resolution coming, the feeling of getting out of your boat and walking the distant beach. You think the thing is going to happen fast, that you'll paddle for a bit and arrive on the other side by lunch. But the truth is, it isn't going to be over soon. The reward you get from a story is always less than you thought it would be. And the work is harder than you imagined. The point of a story is never about the ending, remember. It's about your character getting molded in the hard work of the middle." Back to my meditation. I wish Miller's words were less true than they are, less descriptive of my reality, but they hit home with the force of a ton of bricks. I love the ending of an epic story, conveniently forgetting the difficult, nearly impossible journey that the protagonist went through to arrive at that finish line. My spirit soars when an Olympic athlete finishes a race, looks to the scoreboard, and realizes that their time was the best in the world, that they have just won an Olympic gold medal. As I celebrate alongside their joyous disbelief from the comfort of my living room couch, I have no memories flooding my mind of the thousands of hours they swam in the cold dark of winter, well before the rest of the world was awake. I have no idea of the hard amount of sweat, training, and work that they put into their middle. I only see the victorious result of their hard work of the middle as the short culmination of a race I watched on TV. They understand it with the harsh realism realism that remembers the suffering that they have endured that has resulted in the transformation they have long desired and the result that they have finally achieved. We are formed in the hard work of the middle, and there is simply no other way forward. Some may skirt this process and even succeed for a while, but lasting change happens slowly, without drama, and is often unseen. This is the way, quote, "Christ is formed in you," a short excerpt from Galatians 4:19. "And the way that anything worth achieving in life most commonly happens, I am slowly coming to the realization of the great beauty in this delayed gratification that God has hardwired into our DNA. There is no other way, no better way, to change than the hard work of the middle. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go for an 8-kilometer run. End quote. What follows is a brief Lenten check-in from a few people from our extended community who I asked to Send me some personal reflections in a short SMS text message about how Lent's going. And so, what I'm going to read you are literal quotes that people sent me, and I'll add a little bit of personal reflection at the end of this. First one: "Quote my Lent experience over these past few weeks. have become more and more aware that it's not about me, but all about God. He is the one who sustains, the one who fills my days with all that is good. I am overwhelmed." By his goodness and grace. Second reflection. Quote, Lent. For me it is a time of sitting at Jesus' feet. Taking something away and adding something. It shifts my mind to intentionally sit at his feet. Quote, my Lent experience has been trying. But during this time I feel that I am increasingly experiencing inner peace. Quote, Lent is tough especially when you're giving up warm showers. Quote, Hi Chris, so for Lent I feel that I have just slipped back into my normal routine. It's difficult to stay in it. Quote, How is Lent going? Interesting. Learning how the ordinary is extraordinary. Quote, Tough, but revealing, and such a blessing. Quote, Lent has been tough at times, but to hold out and keep going is worth it. I am learning about my self-discipline and looking forward to celebrate the end of it. Big smiley face emoticons. <laughs> Lastly, just a short phrase, so helpful. Quote, know thyself. That's my reflection in Lent. And I would just add to that on a personal level, this is Chris now speaking for himself, I... Um, I share so much of the struggle in some of these messages that we received. I share the hope for this time to be over. And I share in a, a renewed appreciation of the goodness of the hard work of the middle. It is hard to fast. Maxie and I have been fasting social media this month, and I or this, this Lenten season, and I have been amazed at how often I've wanted to check it for no real reason at all. Boredom. Um, not being able to sit still, uh, a disagreement we've had, or just nothing else happening in the moment. And it's been amazing to remove that and to, to realize how often I don't want to be physically present with myself and emotionally and spiritually present with my daughter and my wife. And uh, simply removing something like social media, even though I've, I've, I've checked it a few times and slipped up a bit, Um, has been so good. My heart has such a long way to go in terms of forming into the heart that God truly wants me to have. And I realize that I need to change and address that little by little by little. And it's about presenting myself. It's really about presenting myself. I fail in that every single day, but I'm excited for another few weeks to continue doing that as we move forward towards Easter. Keep going, people. As our friends wrote Lent has been tough at times, but to hold out and keep going is worth it. I'm learning about my self-discipline, and I'm looking forward to celebrate the end of it as Easter comes. There's an incredible new ad campaign by this company called Under Armour, and it's called Rule Yourself. And they just put out a bunch of spots um, in the build-up to the Summer Olympics this year. And there's one in particular with Michael Phelps that shows his training regimen. He's an incredible swimmer who's attempting a comeback at a pretty old age for one last Olympics. And if you can go to YouTube right now and look up the Under Armour Rule Yourself spot with Michael Phelps and then find his second video where him and his fiance are shown that commercial for the first time, you'll see reality of what hard work in the middle actually looks like. The whole campaign is incredible, but I would encourage you as you're in the middle of Lent without... The joy and the freedom and the celebration that Easter is bringing yet. We're still in the dark, right? I would encourage you to find inspiration in something like that spot. I'll put the links in the podcast, but please, you have the power. God has put it in you. You are able to mature and grow in holiness as you present yourself to God. Keep on moving. As Dory says in my daughter's favorite film, Keep swimming. Keep swimming. Just keep swimming. A spiritual practice to help us in the middle of Lent. It's called the Daily Examine. and This is a version of the Daily Examine in six simple steps. A little background first of all. Saint Ignatius of Loyola is a great saint for our busy and over-scheduled lives. His first followers ran into the problem of not being able to pray often throughout the day and so Saint Ignatius recommended a practice called the Examine, an introspective prayer done At the end of the day, here are the steps to practice this. And I'd like you to do this literally as you're listening to this podcast. Pause after each step. Complete the step and what it's asking for you to do. And when you're ready, move forward throughout this prayer practice. Step number one, find a quiet place. Go to a place where your phone, the internet, television, family, or work won't bother you. You might even think about a quiet spot maybe a peaceful lakefront, a secluded room, to help you center yourself for prayer. Your posture should be comfortable but attentive. You're about to try to pay more careful attention to the events of your daily life, so don't curl up and go zzzz. Step number two, identify a moment of gratitude. Again, do this after you have found a quiet spot. Step two, identify a moment of gratitude. Can you name one moment that you are grateful for today? Remember how you felt in that moment. Notice those feelings and simply be grateful for them, knowing that all gifts come from God. Spend a few moments identifying a moment of gratitude and particularly paying attention to how that felt. Just remember that that comes from God. When you're ready, move forward to step three. Step number three, ask for freedom. Freedom is one of the main components of Christian spirituality. When we say freedom, we don't mean doing whatever we want. We long for freedom from the things that often trip us up, distract us or bias our judgments. We pray that the Holy Spirit gives us vision to be free of those things, so that we can see the events of our life as they really are, not how we like things to be or even how we experience them to be complete with our own prejudices. For example, freedom for you might look something like this. Quote, I might have a fight with my best friend and believe that he purposefully hurt me. When I look at this more deeply, however, I find that I too said hurtful words that led him to react badly. This doesn't excuse his behavior, but it notes my role in the relationship and in the conflict. Take a few moments to be quiet and ask for freedom. Ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, as it says in Psalm 139. And make known any offensive way in you. And as He bring stuff to the surface, don't flog yourself. Don't condemn yourself. But just use that as fodder to present your heart to God. To ask Him to cleanse you. To make you free once again. When you're ready, move to step four. Step four is review your day. Try to recall the events of the past day. By the way, this can happen in the last week or the last season, maybe throughout Lent so far. But try to recall the events of the past day as if you were watching a movie. What happened when you woke up, when you ate lunch, when you traveled home from school or work? Who did you encounter? Notice your feelings, positive and negative, throughout the day and reflect on the moments that are significant to you. These are the events that God is trying to tell you more about. Examine these significant moments more deeply. And as you examine them, try to understand what God might be saying to you. What is He trying to point out? What is He trying to have you notice? What is He trying to teach you? Or how is He trying to form you? How can you lean into that? When you're ready, move forward to step number five. Step five is called talk with God. Tell God anything that is on your mind. You might express gratitude for something you were consoled by. You might ask for forgiveness for a moment where you didn't meet expectations. You might look for God's assistance for a particular trouble. Whatever the case, this is your time to be with God who already knows your needs. Our prayer exists to change us, not to change God. This is our moment to be proactive in seeing who God most wants us to be. As you respond to God in prayer and speak with Him, finish up your prayer, step six, finish your prayer. End your time of prayer with something like the Our Father or a similar prayer that you may like more deeply. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our temptations as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You'll notice I missed a word there, but whatever. Just a little bit more on the examine, some patterns you may see as you begin to practice this more regularly. When the examine is done over time, we begin to see patterns of consolation, which are times where you feel most alive, energized, and connected to God. And you'll be able to see times of desolation, where by contrast you feel God's absence or perhaps hopelessness even. For example, you might find whenever you are with a particular person you are amazingly energized, or perhaps she or he is in your presence. That may lead you to develop a deeper relationship with that person. Or you might notice that when you are doing a particular task at work, you become filled with energy and vision and find your work to be stellar. You can focus your energy more on these initiatives. You also might find patterns of desolation by contrast, such as whenever you are in a particular group, you wind up getting sucked into their drama and you become a horrible gossip yourself. Pay attention to your emotions in these patterns. As we notice these patterns in our lives, we begin to see that God desires us to be consoled and yet he also allows us to experience desolation. A few tips on practicing the exam. Number one, start by doing the exam for about 10 to 15 minutes at the end of each day. Once you're comfortable with that, feel free to experiment with a shorter version during lunch or even at the start of your day. Number two, journal about your experience with the exam. Jot down your moments of consolation and desolation and note how you feel. And then number three, probably the most important tip, don't stress over the details. Am I doing this right? Did I forget a significant moment in my day? God is not judging you on form. Just pray and engage. This version of the daily examine was created by the website Busted Halo. Feel free to search for them online and you'll see a cool graphic version of this. Thanks to them for the use of this in this podcast. And so as you end this short podcast, the Lenten check-in for Empires of Dirt and Grace, a liturgy for Lent, I want to just encourage you with the following final quote from Donald Miller. Quote, it's like this with every crossing and with nearly every story too. You paddle until you no longer believe you can go any further. And then suddenly, well after you thought it would happen, the other shore starts to grow and it grows fast. The trees get taller and you can make out the crags and the cliffs. And then the shore reaches out to you to welcome you home, almost pulling your boat onto the sand. End quote. My prayer for you is that you will keep on swimming in the midst of this Lenten season, whether you've been successful with your fasts or failed miserably falling on your face. Keep heart. Take heart. Step up. Stand up. Keep moving. Walk on forward. You have the ability to present yourself before God for transformation. Take care, guys. We'll speak soon.